0: is that embarrassing? An unfiltered and sometimes hilarious public airing of secrets and private thoughts. I'm your host, Stephanie Andrew. Um, Last week, there was not an episode. This week, the episode is a day late. So (laughs) I'm really killing it over here, guys. Consistency apparently is not my forte. Um, Consistency for the podcast actually really matters to me. That's been the, the number one priority on my list since day one of like manifesting this podcast into existence. Um, but I'll be honest as an empath, I feel like I'm turned on all of the time and I've really been made aware of this feeling the past few months. Um, I, I'm constantly connecting to people through social media. I'm constantly in touch with my friends and checking in on them and listening to, you know, whatever's going on in their life. And I work in a field where I talk to people pretty much nonstop, 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day. And my job is to listen and to problem solve and to empathize and so. Sometimes I just can't. <laughs> Sometimes I just can't be on. And last week was one of those weeks. I had mentioned that I fell and I had a concussion and I had post concussion syndrome and short term memory loss. Which thankfully all of that has resolved itself. Um, but following that, I last week found out that I a family member of mine passed away, and this was a really tragic death to my family. Um, while I wasn't necessarily very close to this family member you know in our adulthood I was very close to her as a child and every other childhood memory pretty much involved her and my cousin who is like a sister to me was very 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 close to this person and so it's just I didn't feel like I had the energy to be on I didn't feel like I could really fake like I shouldn't have to fake being a co-host or like fake a connection with whoever my guest is and I felt like if I were to record it wouldn't be authentic and I wouldn't really be invested in it because my heart and my mind were just kind of like all over the place so I decided to do a thing for myself and turn off and not release an episode and I I posted about it on Instagram. A lot of people messaged me, like a lot. I was really blown away. A lot of people messaged me, sent their condolences, checked in on me periodically for days to come. And it made me realize that this podcast, though it's like small and still trying to get off the ground, the followers that I do have are like mighty. You know, there's a sense of community. And um, I'm really, really, really grateful. There aren't words to convey how grateful I am for that, because that's the whole purpose of doing this. Um, So I'm back this week, and the the style of this episode is going to be a little bit different. Some of you know that we used to do Spill the Tea um, earlier on in the podcast, which was an Instagram TV or an IGTV series where uh, my former co-host Sammy and I would basically... Read through listener submitted secrets and we would respond to them. And so that's going to kind of be the style of this episode. And we're going to, I'm going to do this like periodically. I have a few people who I'm close to in life who are licensed therapists, and I'm going to be bringing them on as guests from time to time to go through these. So you'll get someone's perspective that's just like a normal, average, you know fucked up civilian aka me, and then you'll get the, the opinion and feedback and advice of like a licensed professional, um, theirs will probably be much better than mine. But for today's episode, I'm just going to kind of go through it and then next week we'll jump back into interviews with guests and it's going to be great. Um, but let's get started with some questions. So to begin, um, this first one is actually just a submission, it's not a question somebody wrote, I recently became involved in an affair. I'm the other woman. This guy's girlfriend started watching my Instagram stories the other day. And now I'm so paranoid that she may know and I feel guilty. So I've been the whole, the whole idea of this podcast is to be honest and transparent and um, about the hard things, right? So I will say that I've been the girl being cheated on, and I've been the other woman. I don't relish either role, and I have a lot of feelings pertaining to this subject. Um, when I was the other woman, I will say it wasn't something that I set out to do, but it happened. I allowed it to happen, and I really, I really fell for the guy that was involved in the situation. Um, I went through a lot of therapy. I also did a lot of self-reflecting after the affair was like done and over with um and I learned some things about myself particularly that may not apply to everyone but for me I feel like I liked the chase of like going after something that I couldn't have. I love a challenge, and this isn't exclusive to relationships or men. This is in my workplace. I lo- like If I think I can't have something, I go after it. Um, if someone tells me I can't do it, my mentality and my personality is to prove them wrong 10 times over. And so for me, there was a little bit of a challenge in the fact that I liked this guy, but he was unavailable to me. I also think that his unavailability, um, in some ways, my my pursuit of that was because I had my own commitment issues. Um, I had my own self-esteem issues. I felt maybe confident because he found me quote-unquote irresistible regardless of his commitment to someone else. And there was just a lot of like self-work and healing and growing that I needed to do. I will tell you that It's been a while since this situation, like, this time frame in my life has come and gone. And regularly, like, regularly, I think about the the girl that this guy was committed to and how I wish that I would have stood up for her and how I wish I would have been a stronger and better woman. And I wish I wouldn't have ever stepped foot in her territory um like I I really wish that I would have just seen the situation for what it was and that I would have said no this girl fuck the guy this girl deserves better I'm not going to engage in this situation um and I didn't do that and I want to really just ask you to take a second to put yourself in the girl's shoes and imagine how much this situation must be hurting her and how heavy the doubt and the insecurity and the fear that she is probably experiencing right now because if she's watching your Instagram story she knows something's up and so just imagine like what those feelings must feel like for her and I also want you to take a second and just think about like what kind of woman do you want to be for other women? Like we have, like I said, we have to stand up. We have to empower each other. We have to support each other. We've got to have each other's back. Um, and so really take that into consideration. And to kind of wrap things up, like I just want to touch on a few points. So one being cheating men rarely leave their significant other. And when they do, it doesn't guarantee that they'll choose to be with you so you like you're potentially really sabotaging this relationship ultimately and for what because the likelihood not to be harsh but like the likelihood of this guy choosing you because also he may be feeling the same thing where it's just this like fantasy of he can't have you I'm not saying that he doesn't care about you but If he did care about you, he would like if he cared about you, and there was a real genuine connection, and he was like, I have to be in this with this person, then he would end his relationship hands down, no questions asked. And but he doesn't care about you. And he doesn't care about this other girl because his actions say differently, they just do. And I'm not saying he's a bad person. But that's his actions. Right now his behavior is bad. It's not good. And so You're risking, you're like compromising his relationship, his loving relationship that he's in. You are also putting yourself in a situation where you may be setting yourself up for heartbreak because again, there's no guarantee that he chooses you at the end of this and I, whatever security and mushy lovey-dovey feelings that you have right now, you're not going to have you know, when he stays with his significant other, or when he breaks up with her and then tells you that he doesn't want to date you. Um, So is it worth it? Number two, as long as he has a girlfriend, you will never be his priority. He will always call you when he's walking from point A to point B. He will always call you only when she's not, you know, not at the house. If they live together, he like you will never be the priority. He will never be able to just pick up the phone and be readily available to you and that is not the kind of relationship that you deserve. You will attend special occasions and spend holidays alone. Your friends and family are going to think that you're single and you're going to have to lie and like there's nothing worse than either having to pretend that you're single and alone because you're living in this huge tangled web of lies and secrets. And there's also nothing worse than the opposite end of the spectrum, which is like playing up this role that this person has in your life, when they're not yours. So even if you were to choose to tell your family and friends about this person, they're likely never going to meet him. And they're always going to have questions as to why they're not meeting him. And you're ultimately lying to the people that you love as well as yourself about this person's role in your life. Um, which is not a healthy way to live. So um, you're probably thinking about him more than he thinks about you. That's a a hard truth, hard pill to swallow. Um, And so really, you know, think about that in regards to like, when you're thinking about when you're maybe weighing out the pros and cons of this situation, I don't really know, like, whatever you're doing, just really let that sink in that you are thinking about him more than he thinks about you. I pretty much guarantee it. Um, next point to consider: sex does not mean he loves you. And so I don't, I don't care how great, how passionate the sex is, how often you have sex. That does not mean he loves you. Also, he's sleeping with his significant other too. I guarantee that. Um, and so, like, how special do you feel? <laughs> How special do you feel? Because this is another situation where he's not choosing you. He's getting the best of both worlds. Um, And then, you know, also the truth always comes out in the end. And that looks a little different for every situation. The truth may be the affair itself. Um, The truth may be that he's never going to leave his significant other. The truth may be that he doesn't want to be with you, that it was all just a game. Um, whatever the truth is, it always comes out. And in these situations, it pretty much always fucking hurts. And even if it doesn't hurt you, it's going to hurt someone. And so, you know, um, put your wants and your desires and your feelings aside and consider who the, who the truth may hurt in this situation. And is it worth it? Um, I mean, it's, natural I know you wrote that you're feeling guilty and paranoid and I'm not here to shame you but like I am here to speak truth to you as someone who's been in this situation before and who wishes that she could go back a hundred times over and redo it um and also again as someone who's been on the opposing side of this situation and has been the person cheated on um but as like as someone who is the other woman, I think it's natural to doubt your own judgment. Um, it's natural to like have guilt, to internalize the pain and the shame of an affair and think that that's who you are. But like it's not who you are and it's not healthy to dwell in those thoughts um, what you can do is you can cut this off. You can, it's never too late to make the right judgment call. You can be better. today, you can cut this off. You can tell him why you're cutting it off. And from there you can take one step towards freedom and you can start to work on um, healing yourself and adopting a healthier perception about this affair. Um, and you can take the necessary, action to, you know, really analyze like how you found yourself in this situation, why you found yourself in this situation, and what steps you need to take to make sure that you don't find yourself in this situation moving forward, because you want to prevent heartbreak for yourself and you want to prevent heartbreak for other people. And I, I really am a firm believer that most people don't just cheat to cheat Sometimes they do, I guess, but I think that really there's an underlying issue and also most people don't partake in an affair just to partake in an affair because it's like this fun, awesome, exciting thing and so really figure out like dig down, dig down deep, find a therapist, whatever you have to do, but like really figure out why you found yourself in this situation to begin with and how you can again, you know, avoid being in this situation in the future. So I really hope you know that you take this message with love. I know it's not a not an easy message to receive trust me Um, but I hope you receive it knowing that it comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of not knowing you but knowing that you deserve better than this situation and knowing that this other woman deserves better than this situation as well. The next person that wrote in wrote I have been spending some time at home with my family due to COVID recently, and in light of everything going on, I've realized that my dad is racist as fuck, there have been a lot of conversations that have left me uncomfortable, yet somehow I've remained silent and I haven't stood up for what I believe in, I feel a lot of shame and guilt about this, and I'm super embarrassed because I know that I should be doing black people better than that. Um, so. Yeah, this is super relevant. (laughs) Talking to your family about race is really fucking difficult, but it's very necessary. Um, And the bottom line is, you have to go into the conversation knowing that there's a chance that you're going to offend someone. There's a huge chance that someone's going to disagree with you. But the bottom line is that, you know, growth and healing, I believe, starts in these conversations. And you're never going to know what the potential outcome could be if you don't, you know, at least try and at least start the conversation. The first thing that I think is really important about having these conversations is making sure that you're educated. You have to have, you have to take the time to educate yourself um, on systemic racism, oppression, um, Please, brutality. All of these things. You have to take your time to educate yourself, so that when you come to battle, you're prepared. You're equipped with like knowledge and facts, because nobody's gonna listen to you if you don't know what the fuck you're saying. And also nobody's going to listen to you if all you keep saying is black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter. Like that should be enough. Don't get me wrong. That should be more than enough. But the bottom line is that it's not. Um, And so you have to come to the conversation prepared and equipped to battle um and so the next thing that i think is important when having these conversations is that sometimes we have to remind ourselves to be quick to listen and slow to speak and it's really freaking difficult in in this type of conversation trust me i'm not i'm well aware like it's really hard to not want to just cut someone off from like continuing their ignorant rant or whatever you know their beliefs are But we we need to listen because when we listen, we can sometimes get to the root of like why people believe what they believe or why they are like why they behave the way that they behave whatever. And the more we listen, the more that we may be able to challenge that person's way of thinking without actually attacking them. Some of my best conversations haven't been me throwing facts and statistics in the other person's face, but it's been me listening to why they think what they think and asking follow-up questions and really just like challenging them to dissect their own their own belief system. Um, next, we have to watch our tone. This for me is like very freaking difficult because I kind of just have, uh, I've been told that I have like a very blunt and some may say bitchy tone as, A person. (laughs) Um, So, when having these conversations, like we have to watch our tone because we don't want the person that we are speaking to to become defensive. Because as soon as they become defensive towards us, and they feel like they're under attack, they're going to be shut off to hearing anything that you may have to say. And don't get me wrong; I totally understand the notion of like fuck this person's feelings because what they they believe is like, all lives matter. And that's like, ignorant and fucked up. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. so frustrating. But what I, I saw someone post on Instagram recently, that the information that we have to communicate is more important than our feelings. And so we have we're obligated to speak to people in these conversations in a way that maximizes effectiveness. And I think that obviously, you know, do you like to be verbally attacked like feel like you're being verbally attacked do you like to be told that you're wrong no and so how do we approach these conversations with sensitivity and um in a way that makes people feel seen and heard but still informs and educates them and challenges their current way of thinking so the next thing that i'll say that has helped me in these conversations is sharing some of my own experiences And so this ranges from racism that I've seen in the workplace, racism that I've seen in our education system, as well as I've actually been with two of my Black friends at different occasions. The next thing that I can tell you has been effective in my conversations regarding racism is um, when I share my experience with racism and privilege and so the first thing that's important in this is making sure that we're not that we're not making the narrative about us oh my god there's a beetle hold on Ah! nope i don't fuck with beetles i don't fuck with beetles i don't fuck with them nope 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 why 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 i'm not cutting this because it's too fucking hilarious oh my god I'm literally winded. Is that embarrassing? <laughs> There's a big ass beetle in, in my house right now. And um, I don't know where the hell it went. I'm not feeling very comfortable. But anyways, getting back to the point, <laughs> we have to be careful to not make the narrative about us. We The focus in this situation is Black people. and um, And so... What I, but what I will say is that sometimes with certain people, I find it to be more effective if I tell situations about, of my personal experience. And what that can look like is um, racism that I've witnessed in our education system, racism that I've personally witnessed in the workplace. Um, I have been with two of my black friends on two separate occasions where they were approached by police um, for literally nothing and questioned for literally nothing. And I've had to intervene in one way or another. And so, you know, sharing those stories sometimes can help shed a light and people can try to, you know, combat whatever facts and reasoning you're throwing at them. Um, but what someone can't do is sit down and listen to a an experience that you've lived through or you've witnessed and tell you that it didn't happen. Um, And so, you know, sometimes bringing that to the table can help shed a light and open people's eyes. And then just to kind of finish off my feedback for this question, um, I think really we just have to be cautious about the way that we're entering these conversations and the way that we're conducting them we want to foster an environment where people can learn and people can feel safe discussing some of their thoughts um, behind their way of thinking. We want to foster an environment that where people feel safe asking questions and ultimately we need to really know that people may not change their mind but it's possible that they do and we need to really commit to that and um and you know not not give up and so everyone is gonna receive these types of conversations differently it's most definitely not going to be a cookie cutter experience you have to be really prepared for anything to come up and um, i just encourage you to really find your voice and know that your voice matters and it does make a difference and know that next time your dad makes a racist statement and you um, stand up to it or you share your opposing views, that it's worth it and um, you're on the right side of history. So I hope any of that helped, Um, but it is our responsibility, especially as white people, to stand up right now and to continue this conversation to continue educating ourselves and to continue fighting um this this fight so so this next one is <laughs> it's um it's a little bit a little more lighthearted. so the this writer <laughs> wrote that hold on let me find the actual email The other day, I came home from a grueling 10-hour shift as a nurse, shout out to COVID, and my boyfriend exclaimed to me that he had gotten me a surprise. When I opened the box, there was nothing to find but a butt plug. I've never used a butt plug. My boyfriend's never had a conversation with me about this type of sexual play, and I'm wondering if maybe I'm just not explorative enough or if I have every reason to be uncomfortable about this situation. So (laughs) butt plugs, interesting, interesting. So this is what I'll say is that if you're uncomfortable about like this situation, whether it be you're uncomfortable about the fact that he did this without any kind of prior conversation or that it was just like sprung on you or you're uncomfortable about like the physical act of like using this, there needs to be a conversation and it may be awkward and it may be a little bit embarrassing, but you have to feel comfortable in your sexual endeavors with this person. And that's not gonna happen until you have a conversation. Um, So maybe he thinks this is something that you would be into and that's why he bought it. Maybe it's something that he's really been wanting to do and he didn't know how to tell you, so he just bought you this. Um, Whatever the case may be, you've gotta get to the bottom of it. And you also, if it's a matter of you're uncomfortable because you don't want to like use the butt plug, then like you've got to be straightforward and honest about that. And if this is a person who respects you, then he will accept it and move on and not pressure you. Um, I think that it's okay. So like sometimes to, I don't want to say give in to, but to, um, go along with, our partner's desires, if that makes sense, Um, but not in a way that compromises what you're comfortable with. So for example, like There may be something sexually that isn't my favorite, like a sexual act that isn't my... This is getting weird. But like, (laughs) there may be a sexual act. This is so funny because I'm so awkward about talking about this, but I literally used to have an entire podcast on sex and dating. So times have changed my friends. But like, there may be, for example, something... Maybe your partner loves French kissing and you hate French kissing. This is a very PG example. But you... Like, French kissing doesn't make you uncomfortable. Um, It just isn't like your favorite thing to do, but you're gonna do it for your partner once in a while because they love it. And I think that that's acceptable. But I think that when it comes to you're really uncomfortable, but you feel pressured into doing something for your partner, um, otherwise they're going to be upset with you or disappointed or not fulfilled by you, that's not acceptable. And so, really, you know, I think before opening this conversation, Think about where you stand in regards to the butt plug and how you, you know, how you want to proceed and go into the conversation with a clear definition of that, of your feelings, and then hear him out. Um, But definitely don't shy away. Um, Definitely don't pretend it's not a thing that happened because conversations are so critical in relationships and no matter the direction this conversation goes in it's going to grow you guys in one way or another and yeah and when it comes to sex sometimes it's it's totally normal to feel like uncomfortable and awkward about things but i feel like the more you talk things out with your partner the better sexual chemistry you're going to have because you're ultimately building a foundation of trust and Let me tell you sex is so much better when you're having it with a person that you like trust and care about and that you know cares about you too so best of luck with that next person and i'm not going to go through too many more of these but the next person wrote in i'm 33 years old and i feel like i've yet to accomplish anything in my life I have not finished college, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, ha ha, and I don't have a successful relationship, haven't in eight years. Um, I find this ultimately embarrassing. I'm that girl in the meme where I go home to family holidays and everyone questions when I'm going to find a man. I'll always be the cool aunt that's standing off to the side with her bottle of pink Moscato. Is that embarrassing? (laughs) Bro, I'm the cool aunt too except I don't have nieces or nephews. Um it's not embarrassing. First of all, you're not old. Like you are not old. I know people who decided to start medical school older than you and they pursued their dreams of becoming a doctor. Um historically there are so many examples of people who got a late start to their success. And this is actually I have a friend who's a comic and he and I had this conversation a few months ago and honestly it's one of my favorite conversations to revisit with people because like Vera Wang was 40 before she finally entered the fashion industry. 40 years old. Um who else is there? I mean there's a ton of people but Henry Ford like didn't release the uh, Model T Ford until he was 45 years old. Um Charles Darwin was 50 years old when he published on The Origin of Species. Um, and that, I mean, 50 years old is significantly older than you are currently. Um, I don't know, maybe you're a comic nerd. Stanley Lee created uh, the Fantastic Four just shy of his 39th birthday. He moved on to create the Marvel Universe. Um, so that's kind of big. Uh, let's see, who else um hmm, i'm trying to like rack my brain here freaking bob ross who doesn't love bob ross the painter he was like 41 when he started um painting he was in the air force for like 30 years maybe 20 years i don't know but it wasn't until he retired that he taught himself to paint so like these are all people that were very successful, some may even say legendary, and they had late starts to their life. Um, and so it's okay to feel a little bit directionless. Um, and I think it's actually an exciting place for you to be because there's so many opportunities. Like the world is literally your oyster. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. The only thing holding you back is yourself. And so, um, I'll tell you, I changed my major, my college major, three times before I even had any idea of what I may want to do. Um, I dropped out of college twice, um, you know, to go only to go back. But I dropped out of college twice. Um, I thought at the age of twenty, I had it all figured out. I thought I was with the guy that I was going to marry. I bought a house for us to live in, and I had. Everything for, you know, the next three to five years mapped out and none of it happened. And at the age of 27, I felt so unfulfilled, Uh, actually 26, I felt so unfulfilled and I decided, okay, I'm going to start solo traveling because I don't really, I don't know who I am. Like I had just exited a really long-term relationship following another long-term relationship And I had lost so much of myself and those people that I didn't know who I was. So I started traveling solo. And that's when I linked up with someone who lived in New York. I decided to pay New York a visit. And it like clicked. Like it just, it like I felt like I had direction for the first time probably ever. Like I just knew that that's where I was supposed to be. That that's where I was happiest and where I was thriving. And I gave up financial security. I gave up having a large house with a backyard. I gave up my, you know, being in close proximity to my family and my friends. And I packed everything. And I moved to a city where I knew nobody. And there was so much freedom in being able to make that decision. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And that was, late in life I didn't move till I was 27 years old wait am I 27 or 28 right now I honestly don't know how old I am I'm not gonna lie I always forget I never keep track but bottom line is like my late 20s I made that decision and I still don't know like the career that I have right now I love it so much it can be exhausting don't get me wrong but I love what I do um, but I know that it's actually not my career. I know that it's just a job. I I don't I anticipate I will hopefully be with this company for a long time, but I don't see myself retiring from this company. And I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. I still don't. And I'm in my late twenties. I don't know how old I am. I serious. I really have to pull my driver's license out. I can't tell you. Um, but what I do know is that it's okay because there's not. There's no pressure for me to figure it out. I don't have to have all the answers right now. And honestly, I think it's dope that you're single. Like You're probably rolling your eyes at me right now. But I've been single for two and a half, three years now. And it's been the best time of my life to the point where, I mean, I've casually dated very few, but a few people. And I don't like it's very hard for me to give up being single like it's going to take someone so special I think because um I've just grown to love myself I've grown to love my solitude I've grown to love this season of life where I can do whatever I want and I don't have to take anyone into consideration and that may sound selfish but that's fine if I want to pack up my life tomorrow and move to Colorado, I can do it and I don't have to worry about this relationship and you know, am I gonna cut it off? Are we gonna do long distance? What is he gonna think? How is he gonna like I can just do it? I have nobody to answer to. I'm responsible like for my own happiness a hundred percent and it's a really liberating place to be. And so Honestly, be that aunt, be that aunt in the, co- the the corner that's like sipping on her wine, but not in a shameful way. Do it with pride. Like stand a little bit taller next time when your family asks you like why you can't find a man. Tell them it's because you're figuring out what the fuck you want out, want out of life and you're figuring that out independent of another person. Um, so yeah, where you're at in life, it's an exciting place. It's only an embarrassing place if that's how you choose to look at it. Um, Take ownership. Take ownership of where you're at. Take ownership of the unknown and thrive. Thrive in that space. You're going to be fine. It's not embarrassing. There's nothing wrong with you. and I guarantee nobody has it as figured out as you may think that they do. Okay, and then the last one that we'll do, this one's a little bit heavier, but you know, we love going there. We love going to the darkness. (laughs) Um, So this writer wrote in, I'm a 24 year old female. Um, I don't know why I just almost said female male because I'm very tired and I can't think. I'm a 24 year old female. I experienced something very traumatic about a year and a half ago, and since then, I can't bring myself to have sex. I have gone out on dates and had great chemistry with guys, but when it comes time to have sex with them, I either completely spaz out and scare them away, or I shut them down and shut it down and ghost them. I don't know what's wrong with me or why I can't just commit to having sex. Um, I feel like I'm broken in so many ways more than one. So... What you're feeling, I th- I don't know what your trauma was that you experienced. If I had to guess, it was probably something related to sex, um, but I, I don't know for sure. What you're feeling, though, is valid, regardless of what your, your situation was um, that made you feel this way. So I'll tell you, I can just share kind of some of my experience, because I do have experience with this specifically. Um, I... I actually have not had sex in almost 10 months yeah is that embarrassing guys I'm spilling secrets um and I'm a person who like I said earlier I had a podcast on sex and dating back in the day and so um that's like part of who I am I used to like really love not really dating but like being in relationships and what came with that and um but Last year, I experienced two really traumatic things. Um, And uh, one happened last July. And I'm not going to talk about it on this episode because I'm actually recording it on an episode that's coming up soon. Um, ah, There's a beetle. There's a beetle. There's a beetle. Oh, my God. Abort mission. It's dead corpse. Found me. It's haunting me. Oh, my God. How? Why? Okay. So sorry about that little interruption again. Um, in Michigan, we have a a really bad beetle problem. Apparently right now, I swore I killed this one. Somehow I did not. And it was just like sitting on my computer waiting for me to notice it. And I don't do well with bugs. I don't do well with bugs. I don't know if you guys noticed, but, um, so anyways, last year, last summer, I went through something traumatic. And after that, like, I I did sleep with one person, but I um, had like already kind of been sleeping with them. And uh, after that, like after I stopped sleeping with that person, I really had a difficult time allowing myself to have like a sexual, like to have sexual chemistry with another guy. And then in December, I'll tell you kind of what happened there. In December, I was actually roofied at a bar and that I had a, like, for a few months, I really felt like I couldn't trust anyone. And I was still processing everything that had happened in the summer and fall. And so I, I wasn't wanting to sleep with anyone anyways. But, like, even had I been ready to, um, I just felt like I knew the person. I think I know the person who did it. I'm, like, very, very, very certain not positive but I'm pretty confident that I know who did it and I felt so betrayed and I felt like I just couldn't trust anybody and um and so yeah like the these two situations like have propelled me into this nine and a half almost 10 month drought of not having sex and that's fine that's fine because what there is to gather from that feeling of like not wanting to have sex is maybe there's some healing that needs to take place. And it's going to look different depending on what your situation is. But I encourage you to explore that and know that there's not pressure. And also know that um if you do meet a guy that you really vibe with, like if you're dating in this time period, because I just kind of st- decided to stop dating um, because I, I just, yeah, that's where my headspace was at. I knew I had some healing to do. I knew I had some personal goals I wanted to meet, some things I wanted to accomplish before I brought another person into the mix again. Um, but for you, if you are still dating, just know that, if somebody really respects you and has an interest in you and, um, getting to know you better, they're not going to pressure you to have sex. And if they do pressure you to have sex, I, I really encourage you to challenge that if you're not ready. Um, and so yeah, take as long as you need. Heal, um, come, come to a place where you have peace regarding whatever happened to you and just know that this is on your time don't feel pressured don't feel rushed you will heal in your own time and when you do it'll be better than ever and if you meet someone along the way they're gonna meet you where you are I for example met a guy last fall I was still in a place where I was healing but we met we really connected well we went out a handful of times and He told me that he wanted to have sex, and I told him that I wasn't in a place where I was really ready to do that with him, or with anyone for that matter. And without having to give him any details even, he totally respected it, and he met me there, and he didn't care, and we kept going out, and it didn't turn into anything But it spoke volumes to me because I knew how much he respected and valued and cared about me as a person. And so anyone who treats you otherwise or makes you feel otherwise is not worth your time in the first place. So I really hope that you um, find the peace and the healing that you deserve. I hope that you find the person that you can trust and that you can share that experience with again. And I just really hope really, really good things for you. Um, yeah, you deserve all the good things. So that's really the end of this episode. I think, um, there, when I say honestly, I never in a million years imagined that I would start this, this podcast and people at all would ever email in or submit secrets, um, and embarrassing moments. But the fact that you guys do makes it so much more worth doing this podcast, um, um, because it's just a reminder that we all we all have our own things and um yeah we're all in this together uh we're all in this together and it's also a reminder that we should be more kind to each other and that we never really know what someone may or may not be going through and so yeah just if you don't take anything else away take away that everyone is fighting a battle of some sort, and we need to be kind and loving to each other. And also that if you're fighting a battle of some sort, you are not alone. Um, You're never alone, even if nobody knows what you're going through personally, nobody has experience with what you're going through personally. There are people who care and who want to see you succeed. And um, so yeah, you're not alone. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of this episode. Next week is going to be a good one. <laughs> I'm very anxious about it. It's going to be a really personal episode. I think that it'll hopefully be relatable to some people or at least informative to everyone. Um, I will be bringing on a guest who is a uh, licensed therapist and we're going to We're going to have a real good conversation about um, something that I went through last year and how it is impacting me still and how I've healed from it. And it's something that a lot of people go through. um, And I think there's a stigma surrounding it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to leave you with that cliffhanger. You can make up in your mind what the episode may or may not be about. (laughs) Um, But it'll be a good one. So make sure to tune in. And uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That'd be dope. There have been so many reviews coming in and I'm like really appreciative. Guys, I've cried. I've literally cried. I'm an emotional person. Your words have been so encouraging and knowing that this podcast is um, meeting its purpose and what I, it's, it's becoming what I intended it to be is Uh, just really fulfilling. And so I appreciate your kind words so much. I appreciate you taking the time to rate and review. If you're not following on Instagram, you can follow at IsThatEmbarrassing. My personal Instagram is um, at Seeker and Sought. It's tagged in the the podcast bio. Um, Yeah, so I hope that you guys have a really good week. I hope that this was like It was a little bit weird just freaking talking at myself for 50 minutes. But, you know, here we are. That's what happened this week. And we're going to roll with the punches. Um, But, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy and tune in for next week. And I'll talk to you then.